Well, hello there. This is Dave Lewis, the host of Demand Gen Radio. And before we get into the program, I just want to take a moment and wish you a happy and healthy holiday season and new year. I really appreciate your support of the Demand Gen Radio community, and I look forward to our time together next year. This week, we thought while you're on break and taking some time off, that we would bring you the best, the most popular episodes of 2019. So without further ado, here you go. Welcome once again to another episode of Demand Gen Radio, the one program that brings you all the latest methods and technologies for driving growth and increasing demand. With the voice of Demand Gen, David Lewis. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of Demand Gen Radio. Today on the program for you is Kyle Lacey. Kyle is the Vice President of Marketing at Lessonly. And I think we're going to upset some people today because we're we're going to talk about the SDR team and Kyle's uh, experiences and perspectives on where that sits in the organization and, and how uh, to lead and direct that team. But without further ado, Kyle, thank you for joining me, man. Great to have you on the program. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. And you are out of Indianapolis, Indiana, correct? Yes, the crossroads of America. So quick story before we jump in. Do you remember a company called Enron? Who doesn't remember Enron? I do. So the only time I've ever been to Indianapolis was for the Indy 500. And the people who brought me there were Enron. And I have never gone back and I'll never go again to the Indy 500 because they spoiled me rotten. They flew me on a private jet from Southern California to Indianapolis landed in the city and was downtown, met some of the racers at a very nice dinner, uh, took an elevator up the next morning to the rooftop of the hotel that they set me up in, in this crazy suite, and then flew me by helicopter out onto the track, took me into the pits, and it was an incredible experience. And four weeks later, uh, I think their CEO was in jail and they were they were yeah. shutting down. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Well, I, you need to come back to Indy. We don't have to go to the 500, but it's a uh, it's a good city to be in. Could I could I get a helicopter and do a helicopter ride with you just so I kind of relive the experience because it was really cool. Sure. The sure. The, the weird thing, <laughs> and I, I I don't think I'm I don't think I'm going to surprise anyone. When we were flying on the jet, and I was talking with the the sales rep that was flying us out there, uh, he was saying to me, oh, "I got to move offices on Monday." And I said, "Why do you got to move offices?" And he said, well, we have this holding company that does office moves. And what they do is they move uh, employees from one office location to another. So pretty much everybody in the organization periodically moves, so they handle the move. And I'm like, wait, so Enron owns this company, and you just move to have them move. And I was, is it any surprise that I was like stunned by hearing this after no. what happened later? <laughs> you, you, you got the insider scoop before it happened. We should feel blessed. I, I was like, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. Like, who does that? <laughs> but it was a great experience. So let's uh, let's jump in, uh, Kyle. You talk a little bit about, give me some, some context around how you got to this path and passion about, you, you know, let's, let's spoiler alert, the SDR team is under Kyle, is under the vice president of marketing, and he's incredibly passionate about that. So give the backstory of how you landed with that being the recommendation, because we get it all the time is, hey, Dave, where where should the SDR team, do you typically see it under sales or do you see it under marketing? And you you have mm-hmm. your answer for sure. But give, give the backstory to how you got to that conclusion. 
Yeah, and I, I think it starts back to where I first came into software, and that was at Exact Target, uh, which was at the time largest email marketing company in the world. We were sending billions upon billions upon billions of emails for com- customers like Gap and Nike. And I was on the marketing team and I ran content and research. So my team, 11 people were tasked with creating top of the funnel demand gen research for six countries. After that, uh, after our IPO and then acquisition from Salesforce uh, or by Salesforce, we, I moved to a venture capital firm in Boston called OpenView and got to witness a bunch of different types of companies, companies that were in our portfolio, but also companies that we were vetting for investment and got to see all types of, of models when it came to, when it came to sales development. And so when I moved to Lessonly two years ago, we were, we were kind of struggling to try to figure out the best way for the SDR team to be creative, to break through the noise and, to be a part of campaigns. And my background in content led me to think, why wouldn't our SDRs live within the group that is creating the campaigns, creating the messaging, creating the content, being creative, as long as there is a very, very tight alignment with sales, it should work out for the better. And it comes all the way back from the exact target days where we we found out pretty quickly that that really, really high-end content whether that is an email or it's a research report or it's an ebook or whatever is what drives most of the interaction drives press drives great ad campaigns, stuff like that. And that's, that's the background on, on why we, why we made the transition to move it under, under marketing at Lessonly. So that's the start. Cool. For those that haven't done and set up an SDR team and um, someone asked me the other day, what's SDR stand for sales development rep or business development rep? Uh, yeah. What prescribe to them when when does it make sense for a company to establish an SDR team? Advice you have there, and then pack on to that how to go about the conversation with sales leadership or executive leadership on taking ownership of that. And because as, as you know, you're not going to be any more successful throwing leads over the fence to sales than you will right. having an SDR team in marketing that also isn't well aligned from a process and strategy perspective in sales. So you're set up to fail either way if, if it's not one cohesive uh, and everybody's bought into it. So you know, paint a vision, if you would, for the folks that don't quite yet have an SDR team, when do you need it? And then how would you go about uh, having the conversations to, to bring that and grow that in marketing? Yeah, for sure. I, so most of the time in, in the software world, venture capital world, we say when you find product market fit. And I actually, that's the first time I heard it. I'm not sure if it's, if that is a term that is normal across all business types, but uh, product market fit basically means you found some repeatability in your marketing model. You found an industry that likes to buy your product. You found a, a average price that people like to buy your product for. We call it average contract value, right? Um, once we find, once you find that, then it's about thinking. Uh, it's about planning your go-to-market strategy. And most of the time, a sales development rep is a resource that is right out of school, or has limited or just a little bit of experience working. And they're usually, because of the experience, just a cheaper resource compared to you know, and uh, hiring a senior account executive that has a quota that might have a higher base. 
And so it's a really, really, if you do training and enablement and content the right way, it's a really good way to target an account list of people that you think are going to want to buy your product. And it's a lower customer acquisition cost than like, let's send a really expensive account executive to a conference. There's a certain point where you do all of it. It's a mix, right? But if you found product market fit, if you think that you could get 20 more customers to buy into this idea or this product, and you just need somebody to get, uh, get customers in the door, that's when you started thinking about a sales development route. The way that, the way to think about it with sales leadership is it usually lives in sales leader in the sales team because the career path for an SDR is usually an account executive. So that's why it makes sense to say, oh, the SDR should live in sales. Our argument and where I think a lot of people are moving is you should have a cohesive strategy across the entire top of funnel. Mm-hmm. And if that, if you are really bad at alignment, then you should put the team under the leader that controls most of it. So, you know, inbound, inbound marketing, ad campaign, paid events, like all this, all these channels, SDRs are just another source for us to drive demos um, in or, with a conversion rate to get, to get a uh, reoccurring revenue. So I think marketing just tends to be more creative. I think we, we think more about the experience, the, the prospect experience. I think we, we, we know more about what content's going to work. We spend more time on use cases and personas and case studies. And so it just makes sense to me that, that some of our focus should be on top of the funnel with the SDRs. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's go deeper. Um, FYI. We, Kyle, don't currently have an SDR at DemandGen, and it is one of the things that we have been preparing for. And it's a very interesting thing for our organization because I, I, I want you to talk a little bit about role and comp, but here's the context. So we do a lot of thought leadership content, right? We do a lot of demand generation. We practice totally what we preach. We use marketing automation, CRM, mm-hmm. MarTech. So we, uh, our marketing team, uh, led by Tiffany Lewis, uh, it's just a demand gen machine. They've actually done digital marketing now practically, no, not practically, longer than I have. And we generated over 1,100 MQLs, no, sorry, 1,100 inquiries last quarter, and about 247 of those are MQLs. And it was really nice to hear Rob Bonham, who's also on the program regularly with me, say, you know, we've really gotten the lead scoring system really nailed because there's virtually no false positives now in terms of MQL. I mean, the person may not engage or be a fit. You and I have certainly had conversations around, you know, customer fit and stuff, but they meet Mm -hmm. your ICP and there is a level of engagement that fosters a communication. So we're an agency that we're not looking to add 100 clients a year. We're looking to add the right clients every year. So in some ways, we out-generate demand for our services. We really want to be very selective on the clients that we work with uh, and who we can help. So what would you recommend for a company like us where we're generating that volume of MQLs? Would you put an SDR team in place? Because to your point, if I take a sales rep that has a higher base salary than typically uh, an SDR, sometimes more than twice the base salary, plus variable commission, you're taking a very expensive resource and having them work MQLs. And let's face it, you and I both know that if they're stuck in MQL harvesting land, 
they're not working their pipe and they will always work their pipe because that's how they're going to that that's the closer mm-hmm. uh effort to the prize right so what's your yep. perspective on uh you know when again when do you when do you add that sdr when does it make sense for your business is there a certain volume of demand jen and then I'd love for you as we'll we'll lead into um talk a little bit about uh their comp models and because marketing yeah. hasn't ever managed people typically that are often on variable comp and um yeah. people that have like a, a sales acumen so uh, thoughts about us and then others. You know, I want to get uh, folks on the program to know. Yeah, it's time for me to put an SDR team in place if I haven't, or maybe retool how things are working. Yeah, it, well, if you have a good inbound strategy, then I would I would go the route of hiring one or two inbound SDRs that all they do is qualify the the leads that are coming in on your website and handing them off to the AEs. So what we so. Oh man, I, I would say probably 65% of our re- quarterly revenue is inbound, and we have two reps working, like net new revenue, two reps working those leads. And so there's inbound reps work those leads, throw them to the AEs. AEs, account executives, are responsible for 20% self sourced. And then the rest of, the, rest of everything is, um, is outbound SDRs. I would say that if I were you, I would put two SDRs or one to two SDRs based off of what you think capacity, testing a capacity model on how much they can handle. Test them in inbound, and then do one outbound SDR where you give them a target list of 50 accounts that they try to get into. However, the argument could be made that you don't need an outbound SDR. You just need each of your sales reps to have 20 20 accounts that they're prospecting. So, if you have a great inbound model and you have AEs that can self-prospect, you don't need an outbound SDR team until it makes sense to the business model. And the business, and that could be that your AEs need even more work, or you're moving, you're moving into enterprise where you have more than one decision maker, where you need an SDR to prospect into accounts. It could be that you need. Let's say you land Lessonly as a customer, and let's say Lessonly, which which Let's say Lessonly is part of a bigger company. You would want an expansion SDR to work in those different business units that are associated with Lessonly mm-hmm. to get to get expansion revenue on top of your your deal that's already in with Lessonly. So there's a lot of things to think about. I would say off the cuff, it's to you know putting inbound reps on and having your, making sure your AEs understand that they need to sell prospect and here is a targeted account list based off of territory is where is where I would go. So 70 to 80 percent of the AE's quota should be self-prospect, self like self-made, and then 20 to 30 percent is coming from inbound. You make some really good points uh, about you're really driving a distinction, so I want to raise it up between the inbound SDR and an outbound SDR because that's a very common discussion point yeah. with our clients because they are two different beasts all together. So spend a little bit of time yeah. talking more about that because I want to make sure people understand like these these this is this is black and white. This is chocolate and vanilla. Very different expertise and skill sets. And and what you said, Kyle, I fully support, which is um, don't if you hire them, they will come. Don't hire an SDR team until you're 
solid yep. with your inbound strategy because you don't want them sitting there waiting for inbound yep. and just completely inefficient. But talk about that uh, two-headed, two-headed, uh, the the differences between those two. It's it's almost like a hunter and harvester. But I'll let you uh, yep. chat about it. Oh yeah, that's that's the best that's the best way to describe it. Inbound routes are usually entry level SDRs that are working leads that came to the website that raised their hand to say, I want more information. It's an easier conversation. It's an easier lead to work. Outbound SDRs are given a target account list, and it is their job to gain interest with those targeted accounts. Marketing supports them with events and direct mail and ads and stuff like that, but it's their main responsibility to prospect into those accounts and hit meeting numbers um, every month and every quarter. So that you you described it best, David. It was a hunter and a harvester, and usually an inbound rep becomes an outbound rep, an outbound rep becomes an account executive. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the career path. Can we talk about comp a little bit? I know that you're in indie, so you guys play pay people just a little bit above minimum wage. No, I'm, I'm it's just ridiculously <laughs> expensive in California. But in general, what would you say? Uh, a, a appropriate comp model looks like in terms of base and what percent is in a variable component and what's that variable in your experience tied to is it is it you know what what achievement or success metric earns them mm-hmm. uh the variable let's hit that yeah and i and i there are when i first took over the sdr team i went and met with i think about uh, be 15 to 16 SDR leaders, and all of them are kind of doing a little bit differently. But the way that we do it is there's a base, and you can look at, I would always recommend looking at like a payscale.com to figure out what you need to pay people in your area. I highly encourage companies on the west, on the coast, to create sales teams in the middle of the country because, you know, cost of living is just cheaper. Um, so, you have a base. The way that we do it uh, varies, but most of the time it's based off of, of completed meetings. So one to five completed meetings is, is one number. Five to ten is another number per meeting. So as an example, it could be one to three meetings is $83 a meeting. Four to seven meetings is $166 a meeting. Eight plus meetings, you get more money every time you keep booking more meetings. There are cases where... Um, an SDR will be, have a base. They'll be comped off of completed meeting or completed demo, and then they'll be comped off of the actual deal going closed one. Um, we we made the decision that the SDR is responsible for getting good quality meetings in the in the door. They will get bonuses and stuff if they hit certain numbers, but it's really the AE's responsibility to take it to closed one. What's the time frame for those metrics? Uh, for our sales cycles between, it depends on the commercial, it's between 60 and 90 days. Enterprise, it's it's all over the board. What I mean is the, the 1 to 5 or 5 to 10, when you, it sounds like your model is you increase the pay per meeting. Yeah. What, yep. Is that a threshold on a monthly basis, weekly basis? What What's your... Oh, quarterly. Okay. So if they book 1 to 5 meetings in a quarter... They're going to get paid eighty-three bucks for each of those booked meetings. But if they book this many, uh, then they yeah. will earn that. 
Nice. And and uh, as you said, check out PayScale or, or um, some other study yeah, for looking varies. at comps. It varies across the board. What about location? So do do all the SDRs need to be in a certain proximity to marketing, to sales, HQ? Can they work out of their home? What's your what's your take on that? Um, so we we've always gone the route to hire here because it's it's kind of we, we have some remote, but not all of our SDRs are here. Um, and that's mainly because we have pretty hands-on enablement um, and training and believe that the more that SDRs associate with, with sales reps and, and the, the conversation, the camaraderie that happens that way, it's better. But there are plenty of software companies that have remote SDR teams. It's just the route we've taken is that we want to support the community in Indiana. We'd much rather hire people here than out of, outside of the state um, and we haven't had a problem with the hiring yet. Okay. Let's talk about setting them up for success, training, tool sets, that type of stuff. As I said, we've gone through, Tiffany and the team have gone through pretty extensive uh, preparation for when we are ready for an SDR in terms of our onboarding plan, all the documentation mm-hmm. that we've created. They've also already built out the design for all the nurtures, the inquiry and MQL nurtures, which you know yep. come from the voice of the SDR and that type of stuff. So, what what recommendations have you found from your success experiences on you know onboarding and uh, coaching and, and making sure that they're they're successful and then dealing when they when they're not? Yeah, I mean, we it's it's kind of a uh, it's an easy answer for me because this is what we sell. <laughs> so, lessonly is training and enablement software for sales and customer service teams. So we, we use our product constantly. The first, um, the way we go about onboarding is, you know, they go through use cases, they go through personas, they go through tech training and our onboarding, they should be setting up their first meeting in about a week. So we have a week onboarding and then, and then that continues if they hit certain meeting numbers, then they move into like sales enablement where they start getting trained to become an AE if they want to take that route. But our main focus is how do you, how do you make sure they, they fully understand the people that we're trying to sell to? And then on top of that, do they fully understand the lessonly ideals and culture and vision and mission and everything that we hold very dear that also you know, is a competitive advantage for us in the market. So those are the two things. Usually when, when an SDR doesn't make it is because they realize pretty quickly they didn't want to be in that role. And that doesn't happen very often because we do a pretty heavy vetting process beforehand in order to hire the right people. But I, it's, like I said, it's an easy question for me to answer because this is what we sell. Yeah. So there's, you know, they have a week of onboarding. There's a ton of lessons that are built in lessonly to do that. And our goal is make it as quick as possible to when they set the first meeting as long as it's quality. Cool. Yeah, for those that don't know lessonly, it's uh, primarily, right, an internal training platform yeah. so that if you have an organization and you want to ramp people up on, as, as Kyle was describing, or teach 
sexual harassment training or really any type of corporate curriculum, like how do we come up with our core values? Uh, you can put all those lessons in Lessonly and have people go through it and, and train it. It's nice that you guys practice what you preach, uh, which is cool. And I don't know if you have templates or anything of people who become clients of yours, if they can leverage any of those tools. But I know so many people reach out to me when I've talked about uh, our sales onboarding programs and other tool sets that I have that we give to our clients. Um, so if, if you do, feel free to mention that. Um, Kyle, what about volume? How many, I want to talk about two more topics at least. One is volume. How many SDRs should you have? What's the math or approach to knowing how to staff that as a percentage of your sales team or inbound, outbound lead gen? And then also in terms of this whole path to sales, so how do you, do you have uh -huh. any requirements around, you've got to be an SDR for at least this amount of time before you're eligible yep. for a promotion? Because if you are aligned to sales, which you are, and you have SDRs in marketing, you could be a constant feeder, which can be good for the organization of future AEs, but then it puts you in the position of constantly having to staff and, and onboard new people as these people move into sales. So love for you to hit uh, those topics. Yeah, I am. I, um... So the man, a lot, I have a lot of opinions here. Um, so for, for SDRs moving into an AE role, we usually, we usually tell them you're going to be in this role for at least a year and you have certain meeting completed meeting counts, your quota that you have to hit in order to be entered into an enablement um, camp, like an enablement program mm -hmm. where they work with our director of sales enablement to learn how to become an AE and then they're vetted by sales leadership and then it's all based off of headcount. When it comes to how many SDRs you need, we work off of how many uh, conversion rate from, from meeting from demo set to close one and then that is worked into how many meetings we need to hit quota for each AE. So it's all works off of AE quotas, and usually in enterprise we are we have a one to one ratio. In commercial, we have a three to one ratio outbound commercial. Um, inbound, it's all based off of how many meetings we're driving, and that's more of like how many how many leads can they work in a given time frame capacity. Mm -hmm. um, but it's all we 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 work off of what's the ARR goal. What is the quota goals for each AE to hit 80% or higher of, of their quota? And then how does that relate to how many meetings each SDR has to set in a given quarter? And that's how we, we, we justify if we bring on another headcount or we remove one. If an AE churns or moves to a different part of the company, then we have to figure out, do we move an SDR? Like just things that like ratios are very important when you're trying to plan this. What other advice do you have for someone who's embarking on the SDR journey in terms of expectations or do this, don't do that? Yeah, if you don't do it, if you have good inbound, I mean, I, I you shouldn't have, you, you said it best, David, you, you should not have really expensive account executives working inbound leads unless they're qualified. So usually you bring in junior people to qualify those leads. And you do not need to create an SDR program unless you truly understand who is going to buy your product and how you're going to market that product to them. And most of the time it lives in sales, which, which I completely understand because you get the sales training. But if you're really good at onboarding and training and enablement, it can live wherever the hell it wants to live. I mean, that's the reality. I don't think we hit that, which is, or maybe hard enough, which is, 
what what is your justification for putting it in marketing because you you can hear that yeah. gravitational pull since you even said like the one to one ratio of a line to sales so yet you're you're putting that team in marketing and i know that you're very passionate yeah. about that so what what could you share which is here's the argument to go make of why you need this team in your marketing department what what will be more successful by having them there because as you said like sales is sometimes more equipped to train them uh but yet they're sitting in in marketing uh, yeah I think it has to do with fundamentally what, what makes a marketer good at what we do. Like what makes a marketer good is we have to figure out how to tell a story that drives somebody to be interested in what we're selling. A sales rep, an account executive, they just need a different knowledge base. There's a different drive. It's like, I have the deal, the deal's in my hand. I need to figure out how to negotiate and create a relationship with this person and sell it. There's still marketing in there. But fundamentally, a marketer, we have to be as creative as possible to get in the door. And that is what an SDR is, unless it's an inbound rep, which is, which is you know, a, 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 where they're working marketing leads. But what we found was that if my brand and demand team, which is 11 people, is focusing even 40% of their energy on outbound campaigns, it is 10 times more creative than what we were doing before because it's the team dynamic that matters. Everybody wants their team to win. We want the company to win, but there's just a different dynamic when you put a group of 17 SDRs into a marketing team. Everybody feels closer, the relationship's tighter, and marketers are just more creative at getting in the door. It's like we were trying to get into a major um, automobile manufacturer, and the SDR came to our direct mail team and we made these little remote control cars that have Ali Lama, Ali Lama's our mascot, that have Ali Lama in it, and we sent out 10 of them. And if SDRs lived in sales, they would be thinking about cadences and meetings and sales metrics. So it's, it's, it, it allows the SDR to be more creative, to think more creatively, and to maximize the potential of getting into an account using a creative team like a brand and demand team and designers and stuff like that. That doesn't mean that people can't do that in sales. I think it's just normally sales has a different approach to selling and marketers are trying to get in the door and tell a story. And I think SDRs just fit better into telling a story. Yeah. It's uh, interesting. You bring it up two things. I want one is I did a podcast. I don't know which number it is. I'll look it up as we're chatting, but it was, um, how to make sales more successful storytellers. And uh, because yeah. it is a skill, it's, a, it's an art uh, and, a, and a bit of science to it. I love the science of it because I'm certified in, from a neuromarketing and neuroscience perspective. So storytelling, I'm all about storytelling and, and often do keynotes and talks about it. I love your point, which is marketing is a bit more natural of storytellers mm -hmm. because of, of our um, training and experience in content creation. And that role of the SDR, you know, if we role played for a second, uh, Kyle, and I'm playing the role of the SDR and you're the prospect. And I said, you know, Kyle, I understand you guys are about to embark on your journey into marketing automation and about to get uh, Marketo and get that set up. I want to reach out to you today to talk about your plans for the implementation of that and to talk about the expertise and resources you're going to need. Um, would you like to have a, a quick conversation, learn a little bit about some of the things that we do uh, and yada, yada, yada. So it's, it's, it's a very soft sell, which is 
Um, I'd like to tell you stories of work that we've done for other clients that are on the journey you're about to go and see if it makes sense for us to help you on your journey, as opposed to, like you said, the sales rep. How big is your company? And what about this? And what, you know, they're, they're, they're asking a different set of qualification questions. And so now I've taken a less expensive resource, right, to say, hey, sales, I got one on the hook. I had a, I, I've set up an appointment with Kyle, and he'd like to have a conversation with us about, um, you know, the things that we can help him with and do for him. And, and let's see. So I'll make 83 bucks if I, if I do that successfully. <laughs> yeah, you do. You should. You did that pretty well. <laughs> Thanks, Kyle. Yeah, I, I think I think fundamentally it's just, as you said, it's just a different skill set. And I, I believe that great SDR teams um, should live. I mean, well, I'll, I'll, I'll just say one more thing on this note. SDRs living in, living in sales 10 years ago made complete sense. Nobody knew what the hell they were doing. There wasn't any process development. And now that everybody is really good at being an SDR and having an SDR team, especially in software, then you have to be different. And I think that is why you're seeing some teams moving into marketing because marketing is just spending more time trying to figure out like, hey, maybe we should spray paint a bunch of golden llamas and send it to people because that's a stupid idea. But guess what? It worked. It really really did work. yeah, yeah, and it did. It works great. We have 3,000 of them now that we send out. And so I think that's the mentality. It's, it's, we've got to get in the door, and the people that we're hitting up are getting hit up by great SDR teams, and we just need to be different. And I think that, that moving SDRs into marketing allows them to feel like they can be different instead of just following a process. Cool. Well, thank you for, for sharing your words of wisdom and expertise. I know it is a, it's a, it's a constant topic uh, with our client base on just evolving their SDR team if they have one, uh, sales enablement tools that we help them with. We teach them a lot about you know, tools like Marketo that have you know, the ability to watch engagement and interesting moments and how they can leverage those insights for knowing if someone's um, engaged even if they're not taking their call or, or email. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I'm excited for you and, and, and the journey that you're on. Uh, into marketing automation, I would love to have you back, Kyle, sometime to talk about that that Golden Llama campaign because I love, I love how you uh, just just went gorilla and made your own DM uh, pieces and and fulfilled that very very very. Yeah, cool. I mean, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die when in ten years because I spray painted all of them, but it worked. So <laughs> hopefully, there's no lead in that spray paint. They they stopped doing that a long time ago. But yeah, Kyle uh, Kyle made some handmade Golden Llamas to mail. To prospects and very successful uh, campaign. So, man, you've got the you've got the tool set. You love the technology and you love the the people side of marketing and building a team together and also the creative. It's it's a unique blend of expertise to be balanced around tech and and creative. So, kudos to you uh, and continued success there at, at Lessonly. It's been great to get to know you and hear what you guys are doing and working on excited and we'll keep in touch for those that uh want more information uh and want to network with kyle uh, just jump on linkedin and take a look for kyle lacy l-a-c-y and and connect with him and thank you kyle appreciate it yeah thanks for having me love your expertise uh that's going to do it for this episode of demand gen radio uh the reason i brought kyle back because uh guess what the other podcast that i did earlier in the year about SDR teams still in the top 10 
to this day. So wanted to bring on another practitioner who's done it very successful uh, and share those insights with you that we didn't cover on the last podcast. But if you want more, go take a, a search for that and also pick out that podcast that I did on you know helping to make sales better storytellers because that is absolutely a skill we all need to keep mastering. But that will do it, and I'll catch you guys on the next episode. Take care. You've been listening to Demand Gen Radio, bringing you the top industry experts, thought leaders, authors, marketing technology firms, and senior marketing leaders from around the world to teach you the methods and technologies for high-performance marketing. 